Welcome to Roguecast, the official podcast of Rogues Gallery. We'll talk comics for the week, as well as whatever news is on our pop cultural radar. I'm Randy. I'm Nick. This is Dave. And now, on with the show. All right, we are coming to you from our uh, usual office recording sets. It is uh, about to be Christmas week. Nick is not here. Right, we... Julius Caesar stabbed him. No, he took. He's out on a cruise. Oh yeah, he actually is. This he's is out a, at sea. Uh, yeah, Nick is exploring the far, the far Northlands. Mm-hmm. Actually, he's south. Uh, I guess it's like Nick got really into Aquaman and decided to take a cruise right around <laughs> Christmas time. Uh, Randy, we we're, we're actually not making that part. Uh, we're only making up one part of that. Yeah, but he, he actually on is cruise. on a cruise. Yep, yep. <laughs> Um, so it's just me and Dave today. It's just, just us. Probably be a pretty quick podcast. Hopefully somebody's manning the register. It takes care of it basically takes care of itself. At least this is a quiet time of year where there's not a lot of shoppers. I put up a sign. <laughs> Give a penny, take a penny. Yeah, please use correct change. Please don't rob us. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, we we miss we'll miss Nick, but we will trudge on without him. We'll try to carry on. We'll try to carry on. Um and this the final week before Christmas. Just a couple games to mention. Uh, there's been a lot the last few weeks, so this week was a, was a slower week. Uh, but we got the Kickstarter for Sleeping Gods, yep. which is a uh, big narrative story game yep. from the creator of Above and Below, Far and Near and, Near and Far. Far. Yeah, Ryan Lockett, I think, um, is the dude. Something. There was another one that he did, too. Yes, he um, did. He did that remake of, like, was it Void? Something, something, Empires Empire of the Void, Void. Yeah, yep. yep. that was their, uh, But he uh, has another one of these, the, the, this and this, but I don't remember what it is. Right. Uh, uh Storm and Drang. Uh, Town and Country. I, I, I don't know what Hall it is. Hollow Notes. <laughs> yes, he is the creator of the Hollow Notes game. Uh, uh a anyway. deep worker placement game, uh, <laughs> that as we all know recently resulted in the pair of them breaking up. Yeah. Um, Sleeping Gods is a story where you, you, you take a boat down a river, and uh, there are like river monsters, like Godzilla style or Cthulhu style river monsters, yeah, yeah. and you're trying to escape. I played. Uh, my brother is a big fan of the designer, and so he tends to kickstart his stuff. And at one point, he got like a like a prototype of this game. It was like a year ago, so well yeah. before the Kickstarter release. Yep. But it was like a little mini version of it, and so I've I've at least dabbled in it. And it's been long enough that I, I honestly I couldn't describe it very well. But what you just said is basically accurate. It is it, it has like worker placement elements, and sometimes you have to like rest or eat and stuff like that. So there's a little bit of a kind of a realism bit uh, survivalist thing. But yeah, you have to uh, kind of survive the uh, the strange journey. It's weird. It's like a little like heart of darkness. Yeah. To, yeah. Uh, uh, but like on uh, this in sort of a strange fantasy eerie realm um, and. His stuff always has very like nice visual components. He he often does his own art. I don't necessarily think he does on this one, but in many of his games he does his own art. So he's uh, some kind of renaissance man. Well, in addition to the main game, we got Distant Skies, which is the standalone sequel to it. Yep. Which uh, basically, in this year, you're in a plane and you're in like a valley with like uh, flying dinosaurs and stuff. Dope. Uh, and then we got Primeval Peril, which is the two player version, and we got the expansions, uh, Dungeons and Tides of Ruin. Um, so lots of uh, lots of sleeping gods. This again, very popular game. It was we we got the we got it previously. I think about two years ago, it came in sold out. We've never had it again since. Yeah, so don't expect it to last long. If you want it, come and get it. Yeah, come and claim it. Uh, we also have Dice Throne Santa versus Krampus, which uh, Dice Throne is a uh, Dice Throne right right. Dice Throne is sort of a uh, combat Yahtzee, is how I describe it. Yep. 
And basically, you have a character, and you try to roll to activate their abilities. You attack the other character. They come in these two-player things. You can play up like six players. And there's probably like how many right now? Eight, ten, at least that. And uh, and th- th- there's is there a Marvel one? There's as a Marvel well? version that has like eight characters as well. Yeah, it's, there's it's, an X Men version coming. It's pretty. It's a very cool game. This is Santa versus Krampus. That that is awesome. Uh, I've played this. It's a ton of fun. And it does mix with the other dice run. This specific game, the Santa Krampus one? This specific one, one I nice. played a couple weeks ago. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lots of fun. All right. Um, let's talk about comics for December 20th. And uh, let's start with Vault Comics doing another another freebie thing. Yeah, this one, you know, I, I, I wish I had, had uh, made time to, to, to read this before the thing because I thought this had a very cool premise. Simple. A simple premise, but I know kind of a psychedelic and Im- implementation and this psychological. This is called Beyond Real Number One. Yep, and it is it is free. If you come in, just grab one off the shelf. Yep, is it like free with purchase or yeah. something like that? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Buy something freeloader. <laughs> um, man, this art is so good in it. Yeah, um, but uh, this this woman is in a car crash, and I think her boyfriend is like comatose from it. Mm-hmm. She's okay, but there's been, like, a head injury, and that head injury leads her to uh, a possible revelation, or hallucination, yep. um, th- about this being a, um, a, what, a virtual world. The, the whole world is virtual. And um, I, I know that in some way she's she is trying to perhaps parlay this knowledge, if the, if it is what it looks like, mm-hmm. into getting her boyfriend out of this coma. Kind of like, well, I, so I don't know how that plays out. If it's, but but if she's like, well, if that's if we're in a virtual world, I still want him to get better in the virtual world. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It seems like uh, there there may be some interesting angles on the are we in a simulation stuff. Okay, all right, and 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 like I said. Uh, a little trippy, but but also like the art is so kind of realistic um, and and good that it it, it looks like it um, like it's not quite as hallucinatory as say the Max was yeah. or one of those kind of things. Uh, anyway, beyond real, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out, and it's an easy pickup because all you gotta do is pick it up. That's right. Uh, Marvel has Star Wars Revelations. This is a new thing they're doing. It is basically a teaser for the Star Wars stuff coming out next year. So it's got uh, seven stories, uh, a main story by Charles Sewell, a Mace Windu story that's leading into his miniseries by Mark Bernardin, um, Dr. Aphra story, a Darth Vader story, a Jango Fett story, High Republic story, and a Jabba the Hutt story. Yeah, if you want to basically see what all the hooks are for all the upcoming Star Wars stuff, I mean, that's, that is pretty cool. And it does seem like they are bridging between Empire and Return of the Jedi. That's where the Star Wars story is going to go. So this does have a uh, Bausch the Bounty Hunter in here. Nice. Who we, we'll see in Return of the Jedi. Uh, a few other things. So Is this yeah. the one that ran into that, the framing story you told me about with Dengar? Yes. Yeah, and I thought that sounded like a kind of a fun framing story, too. It was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, we've got original X-Men number one. <laughs> this is a one-shot by Christos Gage and Greg Land that will lead into a miniseries next year. It's literally called Original X-Men. Randy's not just saying it's the original X-Men. Nope, it is called Original That's X-Men. That's the title. And uh, basically, a phoenix from another world comes to the young X-Men and is like, hey, I need you to go stop the evil phoenix of this other universe Yep. Uh, because you are her friends and maybe she'll listen to you. Right. Um, it sounds a little cooler than that. But yeah, that is, the, that is the point is that, yeah, they have an emotional and personal connection and like power alone can't necessarily stop Phoenix, but the these people who who know her and one who is her past self, 
might uh, Mike could pull it off. Uh, Greg Land draws it. Yep, I uh, I like an alternate world story. I think this is kind of fun. The big revelation of who the villain was was neat, um, and this is going to lead into a miniseries next year. So I would I would give this a look if you're an X Men fan. X Men is a big enough franchise that I think there are there is a solid following for like early years X Men yeah. projects. They've done many of them over the years. So not quite as early years, but they're in from the eighties. There is a reprint of. Rom and the X-Men. This reprints four issues of, of Rom Space Knight, yep. wherein he met and fought the X-Men. Yep, it is a... Um, it, it is it's slightly odd in that, like, I'm, I have not... I, I, I got sporadic issues of Rom as a kid. I was a fan, but, I, you know, you're a kid. I didn't get it all. Um, but I also... Um, I had issues of X-Men that he, his... He didn't appear in, but the Wraiths did. And I thought this might include that. It doesn't include those. These are just the ROM issues side of it. But they were in like four issues. Um, and it is a it is a fun slice of an era. Yeah. Um, if, if people know about this sort of famous Avengers Annual 10 where they fought the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Isn't that where she took her Miss Marvel's powers? Uh, it's, it's, it's if it begins just following that. Spider-Woman oh. catches Carol Danvers' plummeting body because Rogue dropped her off the Golden Gate Bridge. Mean. Uh, she was she was nasty in those days. She was you know Mystique had her kind of brainwashed, and um, uh, but anyway, this this has one like one of those rom stories is a, a follow up to that, and it has the they, they've decided that the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants are like too dangerous to have like be housed near city centers, and so they're moving them to a prison site in like kind of like a more remote area of Virginia, and I was like that is the lead into because Virginia is rom country, and that's, oh, that's right, where right. he yep. hunts wraiths and stuff. And I was just like, oh, wow, that was a little cool side. I had read that Avengers. It's a kind of uh, annual. It's a pretty famous one. I had no idea that there were little repercussions like that, the mm. little neat inside stuff. Uh, there's a creepy alien, like a human-wraith hybrid called Hi- Hybrid. Yep, yep. Uh, but is like it's gross looking. It's it a nasty little, gr- yep. nasty little monster man. Yep. Uh, but I enjoyed this. Uh, I was telling you off mic, Randy, Bill Mantlo... He actually wrote a fair number of comics I really liked from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. He kind of delved a little darker than some writers did. He's also, like, sometimes not the best writer, but he does a brand of kind of Bronze Age Marvel that I like. And uh, so I, I enjoyed reading these. And for those of you who, well, Marvel, or briefly at least, has the ROM licensed for the omnibus and stuff, this is your shot to, like, kind of get some more ROM material. Yeah. Uh, we have Shift, which is a new one-shot Leading into uh, a shift in the massive verse, so this ties into Radiant Black and uh, Radiant Red and all those other other radio, Radiant stories. That's the other sign I need to make for this week, Randy. Okay. That's it. <laughs> um, we got a graphic novel called Four Gathered on Christmas Eve." Yep, like four people gathered on Christmas Eve. It's a weird title, but there it is. Uh, it, it seems it's steeped in the. Uh, Tradition that's um, uh, there, there was a Victorian tradition of telling ghost stories at gatherings around Christmas time, uh, very uh, English tradition, and um, uh, it, it's in the lyrics to the song "The Most Wonderful Time of the Year." Look it up. Okay, all right. Um, uh, but uh, um, yeah, this has Mike McNola on it, Eric Powell, uh, Becky Cloonan. Some some really talented creators. It's a nice little hardcover. It's like a good gift book or kind of a good gift for oneself too. I think if you want some spooky holiday stuff. Yeah. Um, and then we've got 
Uh, if you also want some, this isn't necessarily spooky holiday stuff, but it is spooky. Okay. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Fazbear Frights Volume 4. Oh, yes. Yeah. Wow, you just said a lot of... F- a lot of Fs. F- F- FNAF, as they call it. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, this is the... Uh, By the way, that, that is what the fans call it. I know, I know. I, my, my son was watching a YouTube video. I was not aware of it FNAF. until I went with one of them to see the movie, and and he was just casually using it, and I was like, what, what? Say the word FNAF. <laughs> FNAF. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, we, that's Scholastic's uh, graphic novels. We got... Uh, Ideal for... Well, like, the movie was, like, the biggest hit ever from it was. Uh, Blumhouse. And so, um... Well, Mouse is going to ch- uh, ch- change what they've been doing and just, just strictly do kids' movies. Yeah, them. yeah, they're like, uh, no more Get Out or anything yep. serious like that. It's like, we're, it's all we're, it's all FNAF. We're going to do Spooky Alley, we're going to do Spooky Babysitter's Club, we're going to do Spooky uh, <laughs> Amulet. FNAF House. Sp- spooky Bone. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> um, um, what were we talking about? We were talking I was just going to say, though, um, I know that probably a lot of people out there have, uh, uh, friends, kids, nieces, nephews who are fans of the Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, if they've been getting the graphic novels, this is a cool stocking stuff for a present for a um, little present. Um, uh, so uh, you still have time to sneak in a cool FNAF gift before the year is out. <laughs> get, get your FNAF gift now. Before it's too finalate. <laughs> <laughs> too finalate. <laughs> um, uh, there's a few uh, issue number twos this week. Uh, Spider Boy and Superior Spider Man, sort of uh, sister books, both written by Dan Slott. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman Off World number two, which I believe Dave you were you were a fan of. I, I was really a fan of, and then I have to like uh, uh, give give credit where due because I was kind of a doubter on this. I I'm not usually a big Jason Aaron fan as a writer, and the premise. Well, I thought it would be a great premise for Batman Brave and the Bold episode. Yeah, I was not so sure for you know a more serious Batman. That premise is it's. Batman, after his first encounter with an alien who's working as an enforcer for some a gang in Gotham, he gets his ass kicked, and he's like, "Oh, I need to know how to fight aliens now." So he goes like he gets a like a, an experimental Wayne Tech shuttle, you know, the equivalent of uh, I don't know Musk's blowing up shuttles, sure. <laughs> but that doesn't blow up. And he gets he goes and essentially ends up getting uh, held on like an alien prison ship. Also, he can learn that what the deal is with aliens and how he can fight them. And uh, I actually kind of like the audaciousness of the premise. It's ridiculous, but uh, let me tell you, it's 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 paying off. <laughs> I feel like if you if you go with the premise, uh, the second issue where he uh, a jaded uh, Tamaranian is that what you call him? Starfire's yes, yeah, people yep. uh, kind of bonds with him and teaches him some moves. He's got like a friend in the AI driven like fight bot. Fight it's, bot. Uh, that uh, or, or punch, punch bot. bot. Yeah. Uh, that uh, that's teaching him some stuff. Yep. And you know you'll also see Batman get his ass kicked a fair amount, which it is kind true. of fun. Yep. But uh, this is the issue where he kind of is starting to take a little bit of control of uh, of his destiny out there. And uh, I, I was I was enjoying it. It's a level of ridiculousness I like, and it's not played like too campy though there's like some serious stuff in it people you know some of his allies might live or die you know batman's not gonna die but he's got allies that may live or die and like uh it's got freaking punch bot in it you need to read about the punch bot indeed hashtag punch bot i um, mean you remember randy who who was the one uh driller 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 is a real killer yep from uh, ascender and descender from ascender and descender yeah um <laughs> Batman Santa Claus Silent Night, the penultimate issue of this uh, weekly series. 
This has no right to be as good as it is. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculously good. This issue, uh, Wonder Woman, Hawk Girl, and um, and Green Lantern, uh, the Green Lantern from Far Sector. Far Sector, yes. I can't remember. Joe is her name. Yep. They all show up. Um, Blue Beetle shows up. They they're all uh, bewildered about Santa actually being Santa. Uh, it is delightfully fun. You, as you pointed out, Randy, uh, Superman's you know his yep. kind of very earnest and childlike yep. interactions with yep. Santa have been great. Yep. All the additions that they make to the lore, so that this will actually fit in the DC universe. By the way, this is not quite the this is not like the Coke Santa nope. uh, of. Uh, it's definitely closer to Claus. Claus. Yeah, he's he's got his roots in, in Nordic and sort of Germanic traditions. We talked about how last week they had revealed that previously to sort of keep peace in like these ancient towns, he and Krampus almost did a good cop, bad cop yeah. thing. They had yep. a partnership. Yep. There's these neat ideas, cool uses of the DC universe. Freaking Miss Martian showed up in the last issue. Wonder Woman and Hawk Girl are great in this. And it's all been well written and well drawn. So, uh, uh, like you said, it shouldn't be good, but it, it really is. is. Yeah. Uh, we've got the third issue of Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. Yep, I, I read this. I've been I've been liking these, and actually really liked this this issue as well. Um, some of the other Titans, I, I don't know if these are all from movies or some of them are original to this. I think I recognize them though from some of the the various legendary pictures movies. Okay, um, uh, they are essentially loose and attacking various DC cities like Themyscira or uh, Keystone City and it stuff happens. with the Flash. And the they they are shown to be like real ch- and kind of cool challenges, and there's some f- interesting things like Iron Heights is getting smashed up in uh, Keystone City. Is that Keystone or the others? No, that's Keystone. Yeah, it's yeah. Flash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, but like his villains are loose, and Flash is like trying to deal, wrangle the villains while Green Lantern fights this big spider creature up above. Wonder Woman's on Themyscira trying to stop this sort of giant mammoth with Wonder Girl. And she's got, they're kind of like using the lasso of truth and trying to like calm it and like sort of talk to animal spell, basically. Sure. But that's just the thing Wonder Woman can do. And uh, I liked all the the sort of the landscape of the battles in here and how these, uh, these kind of creatures aren't shown to be pushovers where you just like one or two punch them. Mm-hmm. And against this backdrop, they're all like, uh, Superman is possibly dead. Uh, because Godzilla gave him like the full breath weapon blast, and it's like it stopped his heart. You know, I'm gonna guess that even though this is probably out of continuity, this is out of continuity. Probably Superman doesn't die in it. You don't think that Godzilla killed Superman? I don't think he killed Superman, <laughs> but they did make him out to be so hardcore that it stopped his heart, and like Superman is sort of essentially comatose now. No. The only person who ever did that was Doomsday. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, so it it feels like for a side project, like it's got a little weight. And, um, uh, yeah, it's it's a good time. Uh, Nightwing closes out for the year by closing out his pirate story. Um, yep, I like that. It's a lot of fun. Green Lantern War Journal, really, really good. Uh, I think we've been enjoying this. It's uh, John Stewart's uh, Green Lantern book. Yep, and it's it's got a heavy uh, use of uh, steel in it. Yep. And it has some of the coolest steel scenes I've seen. Yeah, the steel isn't as prominent in this one, but he's got dope scenes. But they use him, they use him well, yeah. Yeah. Um, G.I. Joe Rolling Mechan Hero number 302. Uh, continues Larry Hama's uh, continuation of his GI Joe book. Yep, there's some wild stuff in this. There is. Just do a, if you if you're a little confused. Quick read. Previously read the previous 301 issues. Uh, uh, yeah, put, just skim them. Put out over a span of well, about 40 ish years. 40 issues, two publishers. Uh, it may be a little hard to track down. Maybe not all in print. More than two publishers, sir. Marvel, Devils Do. Oh, Devils Image. Do. I forgot Devils Do. 
Um, you're right, and now and, and IDW, and now IDW and so that's you're four. Right. It's four publishers. Yeah, there might have even been someone else. No, that, that no, was that was the that was the main thing. And I forgot that IDW and Image are not the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, this has been fun, and like it's wild because stuff that I read in the '80s is still percolating in this. Yeah, the famous sto- backstory stuff they showed of Snake Eyes yep. in the where he was in Vietnam and he got his injuries and stuff like that. Would they now still they'll still show those scenes and they're drawn the same way, but they just don't say Vietnam. They say oh he was somewhere in Southeast Asia or yeah. he was overseas. And um, but like that stuff is still in there. Serpentor is still a big deal. Uh, doing crazy mad scientist stuff in this one. Um, Scarlet and Snake Eyes are together. Timber, the Snake Eyes' wolf, has little progeny, little babies in it. But I think Timber might have died in some issue I had. Well, we're not read. sure. We're, we're not, not sure. sure. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. It may be that Timber was released into the forest and like uh, her, her uh, little wolflings still show up uh, because they kind of have a connection to Snake Eyes. But uh, in any case... Uh, it's it's been fun though. Even if I sometimes I'm like, what's going on? Uh, did we mention the deviant? Deviant? Yeah. No, deviant number two. Yeah, right. Uh, that's James uh, Tinian's um, uh, weird and creepy holiday story about a, a a series of murders from I forget how far back was it supposed to be? Twenty 80s, years, right? Is it in the eighties? Yeah. So so like maybe a forty, 40, year, 40 years. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, that that had a uh, like a, the killer dressed up as Santa yep. and a person in the present who's like a comic book like sort of biographer who wants to write like or like a historical account to yeah. go with a comic which there's actually a fair amount of comics journalism type stuff uh, so the, or even like that you know that hip hop history things yeah, like yeah, that yeah. people do these kind of projects where they try and do some real journalism and they just do it through comics and so he's trying to do this and he's interviewing the guy who may or may not be the killer right and um interviewing other people about it and that seems to remind me of Mindhunter yeah uh, the, totally the interview yeah. process is a yeah. big thing in this and yeah. then sometimes there's these dark and creepy flashbacks and there's also stuff going on in the present yeah. anyway uh, I thought it was another good eerie issue with a lot of good tense character interaction scenes yeah um and I think that's it I for th- this week I think that's it alright um you just go ahead, Joe. We're not going to take a break this week. We're, we're going to just go plow, plow right through. Oh, my God. There's not a lot to talk about. Uh, you know what? I lied. we got to take a break so we can watch the trailer. We'll be back in a second. <laughs> All right. In that brief mus- musical interlude, Dave and I watched a trailer for Beverly Hills Cop Axel F, a.k.a. Beverly Hills Cop 4. A.K.A. Eddie Murphy, still Beverly Hills Coppin. <laughs> um, Randy, you are the uh, preeminent Beverly Hills Cop expert. It is true. I, I do love me some Beverly Hills Cop, although uh, of the three of us, one of us not being here, yeah. I have not, uh, I'm not the one who's seen all three of the Beverly Hills Cop movies. Wait. Nick saw Beverly Hills Cop 3. I have not seen Beverly Hills Cop 3. Oh, really? You didn't see it? No, I've heard it's terrible. So, um, we have talked off... Have you seen it? No. Okay. <laughs> we talked off Mike. Earlier, and I and I just we were talking about sequels and stuff like that. I, I remember maybe we were talking about Predator, and I was saying that I actually find it pretty easy. Like I, I I'm a geek, and I'll still like sometimes watch an Alien or a Predator movie that's late in the run. Yeah. Um. I'm like, oh, maybe this is where they get the magic back. But by and large, I, I usually find it easy to divorce myself from watered down sequels. 
and I did not even care about them. So well, I never even saw Beverly Hills Cop two. As a for instance, uh, Terminator Dark Fate, I really really liked, even though most of the Terminator sequels are pretty forgettable. I think, I think I rarely find like on my five star movie scale. Yep. Uh, where a three, you know, even a two and a half movie can be something I kind of like. Yeah. Um, but I feel like even that, like a better later outing, rarely gets much above like two and a half to three. That's fair. And 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 so like I'm like if that's the best we can ever hope for, then um, you know, I, I, I most of the time I I, I realize I'm increasingly realizing it only took me about fifty years of life. Uh, that I could probably just skip most of those later ones and do what I was doing when I was younger, which is uh, just to, like, after Aliens came out, go ahead and cut it off there. Counterpoint? Prey. I didn't finish watching Prey. Really? Yeah, okay, uh, you know, right. I was not super uh, into it. Counterpoint the Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, that's kind of its own thing. They shouldn't have where... stopped it, too. That would have been awful. They, but, but like, I have, so, so, you know, that's a weird franchise for me because I came into it late. That's right, because the movies weren't, yeah. And I've never gone back to the early ones, so, like. I have exceptions to all these rules for me. It kind of became a different thing. So, yeah, yeah, you could find exceptions, but, like, a lot of the big franchises, uh, I I can mostly walk away when when they start going sour. Um, You know, some of the ones, like, a big shared universe, like Star Wars or Marvel. Yeah, sure. Yeah. those, you know, I, I, I understand the how shared universes work and that, that not everything is a hit for you. And and usually what I'm getting out of them, if if the shared universe stuff is good enough, then I'm still I'll stay on board even when they hit some misses. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, this is I'm not gonna watch this. I uh, really? uh, nah. I I I didn't see what is it, the the Eddie Murphy thing everybody liked. My name is or Dolomite, or was that? Was uh, yeah, called Dolomite is my name. I think. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Um, so Eddie Murphy has dropped off for me a lot. I'm not, I'm not a fan. I once, but was. it was a fun enough trailer. It was a fun enough trailer. I, I love Beverly Hills Cop, and I love Beverly Hills Cop too. Uh, you and I differ on Tony Scott. Yep. Uh, I think Tony Scott's a really good filmmaker. I think he's better than Ridley Scott. Um, as, Outrageous. As, as an aggregate, I actually think Tony Scott's got more better movies than than Ridley. And really, definitely it's has a lot possible, of worse movies. But he doesn't have better; the, those movies aren't better. Over, uh, don't hit the heights. Uh, that's fair. Ridley Scott can Ridley Scott can hit heights, but Ridley Scott has some real stinkers, and Tony Scott has no stinkers. Uh, I don't. Um, I would disagree with that, sir. But also, um, Dave, he has a movie about trains. It's very it's riveting to watch. <laughs> All right, sure. Anyway, uh, I, I so I like Ridley Scott one and two quite a bit. I like this world. The um, the sort of action comedy thing, I feel like it's yeah. fallen off. People don't make them as much anymore. Right. Well, you um, know, we often talk, the director of the original Beverly Hills Cop, um, Martin Brest, Martin Brest uh, made one of our all-time favorite, underappreciated, uh, you know, buddy comedies, yep. Midnight Run. And then he made Geely, which is regarded as one of the worst movies ever. Yeah, you know. Which I've never seen. Maybe it's, it may be fine. Right, it may be fine. Um, but, like, the, the lesson, is, as always, is... Watch Midnight Run. Yes, you won't re- to watch Midnight you, Run. You won't regret it. But um, yeah, he staked out some good territory in the original Beverly Hills yep. Cop. Obviously, he struck gold. It was like the you know perfect vehicle for Eddie Murphy. Well, Martin Brest knows how to use the actor John Ashton better than anybody else. Oh man, he is in Midnight Run. He plays the uh, foul-mouthed bounty hunter Marvin. Yep. Uh, and in this, he is the uh, sort of upright uh, Sergeant Taggart. Right, the gruff but but you know you know rules following yeah. uh, dude. And I guess Beverly Hills Cop three, 
the only people who the only person who returned was like Bronson Pinchot as uh, oh wow uh, and like that's he was the only person who, who was Oof. John Ashton wasn't in I think Judge Reinhold might have been but but this has everybody back Paul Paul Reiser is back as his buddy his other his other cop buddy in Detroit uh-huh. um, they've got John Ashton and Paul and uh, and Judge Judge Reinhold yep. which is good. Um, and then uh, they show Bronson Pinchot briefly is going to be in it, which is kind of funny. Yep. Um, and the bad it, guys. It was nice. The, to, it was cool to see these these faces again, even if you know yeah. there is a little bit of the oh wow he he's, he got old he yeah. did get old. But there, although part of, that part that is the actually the yeah. something of the exception is Eddie Murphy himself. He looks great. Uh, yeah, you know I know that's some makeup work and stuff like that, but it is also some black don't crack. Yeah. Uh, very impressive. Yeah, he, he looks great, and he's he, he looks he's, really good. And uh, Kevin Bacon plays a corrupt cop who seems to be the bad guy. Yep. And I always love when cop movies just corrupt cops. Yep. Yep. As the bad guys. Uh, and Kevin Bacon is also good. He is good. He's, he's yes. good. So uh, I think it's Kevin Bacon. It could be uh, uh, who's it? Ethan Hawke. <laughs> I saw that uh, that Netflix video going around. No. Where the two of them can't always tell when it's when it's them <laughs> or the other one. They're watching little videos. He's like, it's like. They're like slowly, they're cropped in really tight, and he's like, no, I think that's me. I've got like a widow's peak. I'm pretty sure that's me. It's a really funny bit. Man, I need to see this. Yeah, I need to see this. And, and I like both those actors. Yeah. They're both great. Same. So, uh, in fact, Kevin Bacon and Ethan Hawke, the reason they're doing a thing for Netflix, they're both in uh, uh, Leave the World Behind. <laughs> okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, this is this movie that I sort of uh, wish it well. Is there anybody notable directing it or anything? I don't know. So I have no guy. idea. I, uh... I wish the trailer had been funnier. There's not a lot of like cool hits in it. Right, the action looks solid. It's yeah. fun enough. I'm, I'm wary. It is as you as you you've clearly you, you nailed Dave that it's rare that they go back to these things to do something better. Right, but or even like you know as even good. as good. Yeah, like uh, obviously you know there's there's always oh what about uh, Empire Strikes Back? Pretty big exception yeah, to the rule. Big exception to the rule. So yeah. yeah, exception that proves the rule, as they say. As proves the rule. Yeah, which if you. No, the archaic use of the word "prove" means test. That's, oh, I didn't know. You know that? that? It's a, it's a, yeah. So here's, here's, here's why they use it, or like the way, the, a way that we may know it. You know those old uh, like, like fighter pilots from the '60s, or like the, the test pilots. Uh, yes. They called them uh, the testing or the proving grounds. That is ah, synonymous that with testing grounds. They yep. were testing out new planes and stuff. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just a, it's like a different, uh, an archaic use of it. So when they say it proves the rule, they don't mean like it logically proved it in like some mathematical laboratory. Right. What they mean is, oh, it tests the rule. It actually pushes back against it, but it's a rare exception. And if you say to someone, prove me wrong, what you're saying is, go ahead and test me. I think that actually may be true. I think that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Um... Big news from Amazon, the contracts are all signed. They are doing that Warhammer show with uh, Henry Cavill. Actually, they say, um, uh, I read up the thing and they said, "Could is it, they're, they're like, is it going to be a show? Is it going to be a movie? Now is the part where we get oh, our creative okay. minds together and figure it out. So they're doing something with Warhammer. They're doing something. And Henry Cavill is like executive producing. They specifically mention like his, like, he's going to like be a guiding force and part of the vision and his love for it will come through for yep. the property. Yep. They didn't straight say he was going to be in it. I mean, surely. Surely. Yeah. He's got to be like one of these venerable dreadnought dudes yeah, that's yeah. tearing it up. Um, He's going to play a space orc. <laughs> Wong! <laughs> yes, that, that's... I'd kill him if that was what they, if that's what they did. That'd be great. the greatest trick in the world. Or he plays a towel and didn't take his helmet off the whole time. <laughs> Trust me, it's me. It's, it's, that was me. That was me and Henry Cavill. <laughs> you, see, you see that bit where I cocked my arms like guns? That was me. <laughs> Only I can do that. Only I can do that. 
Um, well, I, I'm for sure for this. Yeah, I, I think we both. I think um, neither of us is like super into the Warhammer miniatures game. We're not billionaires; we can't afford to play it. Yeah, uh, but. I, I am we, a fan we, of the lore. We like the world and the lore. We've both yeah. played RPGs in, the, in there. Right. I've, I've read books I've, and I've comics. I've read books and comics and stuff in there and uh, some of the, and the RPG stuff. And I, I like its uh, dark future with its, you know, um, uh, almost like a, a modern, uh, like a futuristic dark ages. Yep. There's inspiration from Dune in elements of it because yep. it's like a feudal system return. Uh, but it's also galaxy spanning wars. Uh, I always liked that idea of the um, where like they've lost the technology of old, and they yeah. have to like, oh yeah, we couldn't make new space marine suits if we wanted to. We don't know how to do that, right, right. so we have to maintain the ones we've got, and that's why the tech priests and all those dudes are like almost like it's almost like magic. They yeah. their ability to go and intuit the old stuff. Anyway, and there's you know infinitely uh, fun lore to play around with, but like. Will they go back to the Horus heresy that's created this schism between the uh, space marines and the uh, chaos space marines? You know, will will they, will they do that? Will it be in the equivalent of the present? Uh, will they do something unusual? Will it be about an inquisitor? You know, will it be about Caiaphas Cain? It is. Um, is Caiaphas Cain the, the cow we were looking for the names for earlier, or, or is or is the inquisitor? No, the inquisitor is. Oh, it's on the tip of my know. tongue. Anyway, he has a more Latin-sounding name. Caiaphas Cain is the big old cowardly Imperial okay. Guard guy. Maybe it he's will, a commissar. Maybe it will be the story of Henry Cavill, Space Orc. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, I do think like you know like if they did like one big Space Marine movie and a TV show about like uh, like an Imperial Guardsman like Caiaphas Cain who yeah. hilariously in a world uh, or like in a galaxy of like a lot of zealots. He's like the guy. He's like just trying to save his own skin, yep. uh, but who kind of like keeps inadvertently being a good tactician yeah, <laughs> and yeah. like saving his butt. Uh, that would be a good early one to do. There's, I know, there's like Gaunt's ghosts. They're a prison it'd be, uh, unit. It'd be cool to get Dan Abnett in the writers' room. I don't know if he does TV writing or not, but uh, yeah, yeah, he's absolutely. Definitely one of those guys has his finger on the pulse of this whole thing. Yep, and they, and a lot of their uh, their alien dudes have cool backstories, like the the Eldar and Dark Eldar and the Tau. And... I want to be a workplace comedy about the Tau. <laughs> Uh, the Necrons are cool. They're like scary Terminators. Yep, yep. Um, they've got tons of stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, I wish them well. I think the the tricky thing is, like, how do you do such a sort of, like, weirdly fashy super, like, heroes? Um, you know, how do you capture the kind of dark, satirical elements of the books? Well, you know... I think it's quite possible because there's movies like American Psycho where, you know... It's 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 a dark suspense story, but it's also very funny. Well, you know, Prime has been has a pretty good history with this right now because what they've been doing with the boys and Gen V is definitely yeah. a riff yeah. on like these guys are marketing superheroes, and it is definitely like they're having their cake and eating too. I mean, having these guys being sort of fascisty, and also you're rooting for them, but also you know they're terrible, and like right, they're able to do this. So when I've read the books, I was telling you this the other day. Uh, so, some of them they do a good job of showing like people kind of trying to do their best they can within their difficult circumstances. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, they're not the, the, you know, the hierarchical system of the empire, which has some terrifying stuff. It yep. isn't really yep. like such a good guy thing. Yep. But um, in the moment there's heroism and all the cool stuff you like about like a good, just any good action movie. Uh, you know, there is, it's kind of in the same way, Starship Troopers still has some great action sequences. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, even if it's a full satire of fascism. 
So they've 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 got some good models in there. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, I, uh, I I would love to see this work out um, I, and, and see Warhammer kind of become a bigger thing, uh, unless it leads uh, I don't know more incels to right. Get into don't, it or don't something that. like that. Try, to, yeah. try look look for the deeper stuff in it, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. The other news is that uh, Jonathan Majors' uh, court uh, he was he was sentenced uh, or he was uh, he was he was. In his, he had his trial date. Convicted And he was convicted of assault. I'm looking for the actual... Uh, basically, he was convicted of assault and something else. Right. And Marvel... Isn't it like third degree or... Yeah, like, like it's, it's... It's a stepped-down version of it. And yeah. Randy and I are not legal experts, and we're not going to do the deep dive onto no. this. But but he's he was playing Kang, and it's such a big thing that we got to mention it, at least. It's, a, it's kind of tinged with a lot of... It's sad. It sucks. Yeah. Um, uh, you know... Uh, I don't want um, I don't want women to be abused. Um, yeah. You know, I uh, don't want uh, people of color to bear an unfair burden of the law uh, yeah. for things that, like, say, Ezra Miller somewhat got away with. Not that their movie didn't tank too. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but um, it, it, yeah, it's kind of a complicated, ugly situation where it looks like Marvel's gonna. We we know at this point they're gonna recast, right? Right. Uh, they, they said they said that, right? Yeah. That's so. That's that's the. Or, or do here. we know that even? Or or is Kang gonna no. get shuffled so off as all, a villain? All we know is that they have officially dropped Jonathan Majors. Okay. Now whether they're gonna recast, whether they're gonna pivot to Doctor Doom, which of course has been the rumor. I hope they recast. I, I think, think they should recast. I think that Kang as the villain makes a lot of sense. I think you can easily recast because Jonathan Majors, while he was he's very talented, he isn't the only guy who play Kang. Right. And because of they've already done recasting the Marvel Universe, they've recast the Hulk. They didn't say anything about it. They just recast the Hulk. Yep. They have recast um, other characters too. Yep. Uh, they're recasting. Um, they did uh, it with Rhodey, Thunderbolt Ross, Rhodey. Those, there's there's been plenty of recasting. Yep. Um, and but also Kang this, is in built this, into in it. In this particular, there are variants, and they all could be different. Like yeah, they've they've done the recap. They've they've shown that Spider Man exists as three different actors. So yeah, yeah I think you give him a cool look where he's like, uh, you know, it looks very different. He's got a big like a like a like a kingly beard or yep. something like that is going on. Uh, would be cool. Um, I think you can hang on onto that um, uh, uh, as as a character, and I, I don't think that they should. You know, the comics have encountered these kind of problems over the years yeah. too. It's a messy process. Them, random example: Infinity Gauntlet is uh, remembered as a fairly beloved story. Yep. But George Perez, the legendary artist who drew most of it, mm-hmm. did not draw like the last two issues. He drew four I think. or six. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ron Lim, who's a good artist, but maybe not George Perez level, he drew the last two. People still like the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was yeah, that was a yeah. right one. Um, and uh, so, yeah, sometimes things get shuffled. Um, uh, I don't know what else. What else do we? I mean, I think I think that? the 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 question of like I've seen a lot of people talking about how they should pivot to Doom, and I'm like, don't don't throw Doom right in like. Doom is not a uh, your second choice kind of villain, right? Right. He needs to headline the FF story yeah. that he was that they've been probably working yeah. on for ages. Yeah. And I think Marvel probably does need to do a little bit of shakeups. They, they've had some some stumbles and that kind of thing. But I think that one of the things that, that they've been good at is to stay the course on things, even if things didn't work out at first. Like Thor two was not great, but they managed to work in story elements from Thor two into Endgame. Like yeah. 
Like this, this is part of the deal of you and I have always talked about this with comics. Like if you're going to do continuity, there's going to be stuff that's dumb, right? And a good writer picks up the stuff that's dumb and makes what works about it. I mean, this is what happens yep. in Star Wars too. Yep. Uh, yes, the prequels are pretty terrible. But there's stuff in them that were used to great effect in uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, Dave Filoni uh, did did a, did some amazing work with it. Kennedy Tartakovsky in the you know the initial Clone Wars shorts mm-hmm. cartoons did some just stunning work. Like I t- to me, it's like it kind of got me back under the franchise. Yeah, and so um, so yeah, I, I agree. Uh, honestly, I think I can envision a scene where. You know, they they do this uh, some great sequence with Kang in you know one of the upcoming movies, or you know they show that case that in the trailer, yep. and people are like, it'll be a new actor, but like some some actor we like, you yep. know, they get, yep. get somebody good. Yep. Um, Maybe background check a little bit better this time. <laughs> probably a good idea. Probably a good idea. Uh, but that actor comes out swinging in some great scene. Let's not. Uh, he shouldn't come out swinging. Uh, you know what? It's a superhero movie and Kang gets to come out swinging um, uh, I didn't say he came out slapping right? <laughs> sorry that's messed up that's messed up um, anyway um, you know uh, in this world hopefully um, uh, hopefully majors you know uh, I, again I haven't followed this closely I, did, I don't know if he got railroaded or anything yeah, but I mean, no it sounds like there was at least that, I mean, some dodgy yeah. stuff, but I hope he can kind of redeem himself and one day get back into yeah. back in because he's a super talented yeah. dude. Yeah, I think uh, from our point of view, the the, the interesting thing is is what the, what's going to happen in the MCU as a, the, yeah. the larger cultural conversation that's going to the scope of this podcast. Yeah, uh, you don't think, Randy, that we're going to finish it? I don't I think we'll solve it today. I'm gonna go uh, look at the comments in any any given section. Uh, uh, comments uh, under a new the the newspaper uh, p- social media. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some Marvel pages. Ooh, good idea. And uh, I am sure I will see no toxicity, uh, no racism, no. Uh, no bad takes, no bad faith takes. Nope. People are gonna kind of come at this with uh, full hearts and uh, thoughtful thoughts. I think you're right. <laughs> but uh, but I think we're in agreement. Don't use Doom. No, just recast Kang. Recast Kang, and and make it make. You're gonna have to like. They're gonna have to do winter scenes. Yeah, the scenes that you use on this that are in the trailers that try to get back people on board, uh, or or just whatever the first scenes are of him and, and whatever project it is that that kind of gets him back in into yep. the fold. Yep. They got to be good, man. Yeah, but I think you. I think they're capable of that. Yeah, I'm. I'm really nervous and also curious to see what Marvel's. Because they basically have a year off. Like, there's, right. there's not much Marvel next year. Right. All the people who are wanting superhero movies to take a pause are going to get what they want next year because there's, like, two Sony movies and yeah. Deadpool 3. And arguably, the, the breather will be a moment for them to kind of think. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. and for Kevin Feige to say, like, all right, uh, I have a secret, super secret plan. I, I hope that we get another one of these pitches. Every time I'm a little worried about the MCU, they come out with one of these pitches for what they're going to do and get yep. me excited again. I hope midway through the year at D23 or whatever, we get one of those pitches where they're like, okay, here's the plan. Here's the plan. Inhumans are back. No, God. No. <laughs> That's the worst idea ever. Oh, sorry. I, I, I slipped. Eternals are back. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I think I think this is probably for the good for the MCU... Um, it, it's it sucks because I actually like Jonathan Majors. Yeah, um, you we know, both liked is, him. I liked him as an actor. Turns out maybe not so much as a person. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, that'll wrap it up for us this week. We'll be back next week. With, well, I think we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back next week with more. Probably. Uh, everybody have a good Christmas. Yeah, for or, sure. you know, any other holidays you're, you're uh, celebrating. Yeah, enjoy the and, solstice. Uh, enjoy it all. And, uh, oh yeah, we're, we're closed on Christmas Day, by the way, so people know. Right. Closed on the Monday. We are open normal hours on Christmas Eve. Yep. Uh, Dave will be here. He'll be your slave. Whoa, I, what? Yeah. <laughs> he will do whatever you want on Christmas Eve. <laughs> th- th- that will be the Dave bot. Oh, the Dave bot, right, yeah. right, yes. The punch bot Dave. The punch bot Dave, yeah. All right. uh, you know what? The punch bot learned to fight back in this he issue, did, and uh, this punch this punch bot Dave might as well. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, that'll wrap it up for us. Uh, until next time, yo, Joe. Roguecast is a weekly podcast broadcast from Rogue's Gallery Comics and Games in Round Rock, Texas. You can find us online on Facebook and at www.roguesgallerytx.com and email us comments or questions at roguesgallerytx at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.